The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here with another amazing Meet the Mentor friend. This will be a good one. Um, So just for those of you who are joining us for the first time, these Meet the Mentors are kind of a precursor to what we do called Leap Week. And Leap Week will be July 21st to the 28th, 2019. We will have about 400 of the most amazing brightest young men and women at UCLA from age 15 to 25. We do these Meet the Mentors because one of the pinnacles of LEAP is our mentor workshop with Ken has been at and many of our friends have been at. And this is an opportunity for young students to sit and literally pick the brain of all these successful business people. It's kind of like speed dating in a business world. And every 20 minutes we rotate, you get to ask these really successful people, what their challenges were, how they overcame those challenges, and the things that they did to become successful. So as a precursor to LEAP, we like to bring in different mentors every week, Wednesday morning, and just talk to them about kind of their secret sauce. Uh, I've known Ken now for almost six years through a group called Metal, and I'll tell you a little bit about Ken. He started this, it's called Metal, and it's Media Entertainment Technology Alpha Leaders. Uh, Metal is a meeting that we go to every Saturday morning. It's local in LA and it starts around 10 in the morning and we get great speakers in. Every six weeks it's co-ed where we have men and women attend. Um, There's about 1,600 elite Metal networking members who are all top CEOs, VCs and entertainers and entrepreneurs. Ken has also been profiled on the Wall Street Journal, uh, Fox News, BBC, Wired, um, Business Week. Um, he's also been a guest and a correspondent on Fox, NPR, and ABC, and was a technology host on CNET. 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 He's also a board member of TEDx, and it, and he's also a great friend of mine. So it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to my good friend, Ken Rakowski, um, his business partner and wife, Maya Run Metal. It's an amazing group of men and like I said, every six weeks, women come. And if you're interested in that, we'll post it on our website. You can come and jo- check us out at Metal. Ken, welcome and thank you. Eight years. Uh, eight years we've known each other. Wow. I um, that. And Ken has been at LEAP all eight years. And not only does Ken come to LEAP, but Ken also has introduced me to probably a third of the mentors that show up at LEAP because they're all Metal guys. So, Ken, what are you doing now? Well, also, my son Nikolai has gone to LEAP. He has. Yes, and hopefully he'll be next year at LEAP. Nikolai, hopefully he'll be there. What's your question? What are you doing now? Let's talk about your radio show to start with. So, it's a radio and TV show. So, what we do is we take people like you that have done some of the most impossible things and made it possible. So, it's all around um, disruption because you're a disruptive guy, right? I tried to be. I don't think you try. In a positive way. I think it's natural. And I think disruptive people are disruptive because that's their nature. And they're the ones that are changing the planet. You've talked to Bebop Cresta, who's with the Hyperloop, or you talk to somebody like Dolly Singh, who's creating shoes that feel like Tesla's on your feet. They're disruptive by nature. And I want to find those people and I want to tell their stories. 
So we have a show that launches in about 100 radio stations across the United States, uh, plus a what's called OTT over the top. So it'd be like on a Hulu or on a Netflix. So that's what one of my focuses. And is. if people watching want to watch the show, how do they do that? Voice of Disruption. Just go voiceofdisruption.com. And then I'm also playing in the crypto space, which it's kind of like this, a little roller coaster ride. And I have a show called Coin DMZ, which is right now the number one podcast for crypto and, and blockchain. All right. Let's dial back. All right. All right. Let's just talk about your career because you've done a lot of amazing things. I mean, you know, most guys like me grow up and they're a dentist. And then I was kind of lucky because I got to do a little of this. Well, you've probably had 20 different careers in your life. I, I need to say something you said. You were lucky. I don't believe you were lucky. And I wanted to preface that because it's going to go into my direction too. Because I don't think luck is something that just so happens. I think you... No, I agree. Right? So when you said you were lucky, I think you were fortunate because you were able to get to that point you want, right? Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Right. And hard work. Right? And, that, and those are when those happen. So I believe that I probably have failed a lot more than you have because I tried to go in directions that weren't as sound. Where okay. And my take on failure is it's not failure. It's practice. Okay. If you do something and it doesn't come out the way you want it to, it doesn't mean you failed. You learned a lesson and it was practice for something that ultimately is going to be successful, right? I, so I, I wouldn't use it as failure. That's fine. I can accept that. Right? I, I, I believe that my success has come from having good teams around me. And when I was more independent, not utilizing the resources of people around me, my practice was a lot higher because I failed more often. Okay, so let's just start in the beginning. When you first graduated college and you started well, working... Well, let's go before that. I went to actually seminary to be a priest. So I went to seminary to become a Jesuit priest. What and happened? There's a lot of uh, things you give up as a priest, you know, <laughs> and, uh, relationships and, and income in most respects. And I, and I saw that as being important. So I realized that priesthood would be right for me. But theoretically... I kind of have my own congregation that meets on a regular basis. No, you do. Yeah. You do. So, I, I didn't do the priesthood, but uh, I ended up becoming a software developer, wrote a tool for a company called Autodesk. And uh, from there, I realized that I wanted to be uh, a radio person. I heard somebody talk about accounting on a radio show, and it was the most mundane, boring show I've ever heard in my life. And I said to myself, they can do it, I can do it. So I started my radio career in the and, 90s. And how did you prepare for being on radio? Did you just wing it? Did you take classes? Did, and what did you do? Well, let me ask a very simple question of you. Are you in sales? Absolutely. Right. And I think that once we realize that we're in sales, and that's selling ourselves, our knowledge, our, our ideas, once you embody that, then I think anyone can talk on radio or TV. It's the people that don't feel comfortable that they're selling. So I knew that I was in sales and I was selling my knowledge. So I went to that radio station. It was a teeny tiny radio station in the center of Illinois. And I said, let me try it. Let me do it. I did it every single Friday. It took me two hours to get there. Every Friday to an hour show that maybe 15 people listened to. But then I upgraded and upgraded until uh, NPR took me on a regular basis. ABC had a regular daily show on ABC radio. Uh, and uh, I, I was the first broadcaster on the internet. So I actually streamed my show on the internet and that became the most popular. It wasn't a podcast back then. It was a stream show. I had about 200,000 listeners every day. 
And then I invented the podcast. I developed the tool that all of us use to listen to shows. That's awesome. Never made money on that. Okay, but I don't know if you did this or not, but the first few times that I saw myself on TV, I was mortified. (laughs) That's how bad it was. So I actually hired a coach to beat me up. I I hired a woman, um, Ramey Warren Black, if you're listening, Ramey, I love you. Um, And we sat and she would get real people with real stories and say, okay, Dr. Bill, interview this guy. And I would go and she'd go, stop, look here, stop, do this. And she really worked with me and taught me the skills because I could prep a tooth, but to do an interview, you know, and then with all the other things that happen on TV, I just felt like I needed more preparation. Did you ever work with somebody like that? Or you just watched your stuff and kind of did it yourself? I have every tape from the 90s that I listen to to this day. And there are certain things I did that I liked. I was really fortunate in 1998, I met a guy named Peter Jennings. And he was on ABC. He was the main host. Right. And he became my mentor. And Peter gave me a lot of advice, which one of the words of advice was one of my favorite, and I still use it to this day. I'm sitting out in front of a New York Times Square. It's right when he finished doing the evening news, and he walks up to me, and he goes, hey, look out the window. I looked out the window for about 15 seconds, and he says, now look at me, tell me what you saw. And I said, you know, I saw the sign for cats, I saw a big line down, down there for, for tickets, and he goes, you're looking at it the wrong way. How else can you look out the window? He goes, look out at it and break it into six panes or frames, three on top and three on bottom, and look out the window. And I did exactly that, and then I looked at him, and I go, I see all this new detail. It's the same view, but it was broken down. That's how he did things. So when you look at an individual, you don't look at them, you break them into six different panes or frames. And from there, you learn to interview somebody totally different. You know what? I love that, but I love more is the fact that you had a mentor because that's one of the things that we really push at LEAP is that students need to have mentors. I had a great mentor, Jeff Golub Evans, who we unfortunately lost about two years ago. And he's the first dentist I ever met who learned how to work with media. And he taught me how to do that and how to hire a publicist and do all these things that open doors because I would never have had the career I had without him as a mentor and showing me the way to do that. Never. Did he help you with a cost or with his passion? Did you have to pay him? No, no. He was a dentist who took me under his wing. He was the president of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry in, in a huge audience of people. He came up to me. I didn't even know he knew me. He introduced himself, which was a joke. It would be like the president of the United States and introducing himself to you. Of course I knew who he was. He said, I like some of the things that you're doing with your company, Discus Dental, in the advertising space. Would you be the editor of my journal? Wow. And so I got to work hand in hand with him, and he taught me how to do PR, how to work with a publicist, how you know, and all these things. And, and it was the greatest experience So he ever. sought you out. Yeah. And, Generally, and that's I'll, not the way it works. And I'll it? tell you, I'll tell you what was one of the most beautiful moments in my life is 
when I was on ABC's Extreme Makeover, I was the only dentist. Right. I had to deal with them. I got to invite Jeff to come and do a segment with me from New York. Wow. And he came in, he did it. And he said to me, You okay? Because he passed away. Right before he passed away, he said, there's nothing that makes a man prouder than when the student becomes the teacher. The protege becomes the mentor. Yeah. And that was, uh, <laughs> I never cried on one of these before, but he was a beautiful guy, Jeff. He was a real, real Renaissance man. He was an artist. He was a dentist. I'm still seeing patients of his. So they still come to me. Uh, Manny took, took his practice over. Uh, but he, he was a great, great man. And so the fact that you had a mentor. Yeah, he's turned 60 and he's probably going to tear up a lot more often because he's in touch with his emotions. <laughs> yeah, as you get older. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is interesting. So you had somebody that actually sought you out, it, which yeah, is a rarity. It was so rare. And and it wasn't somebody. It, it, was, was, the it was the president, yeah. you know, and, and that was... I don't have a lot of mentors in my life. He was really one that was significant. So how would you suggest people that are watching, how do they find a mentor? Because generally a mentor does not come to them. Right. It's the other way around. They go to leap. Okay, well, <laughs> That's how they do it. They go to leap because we can't bring go, in a hundred mentors. Well, I'll tell you something. Don't you love how now Ken is interviewing Dr. Bill, right? <laughs> well, really, how <laughs> this is what you do. This is what I did. Yeah. When I graduated dental school, I came, I knew I wanted to practice in Beverly Hills. I did research. We didn't have the internet then, so it wasn't as easy. And I found the five most successful dentists in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. This is before I even knew what the word mentor meant, by the way. And I called all five of them and I said, can I come and chat? We didn't even know the word shadow. Can I come and watch you? And I did. And I sat there. Why would they there. want you or allow you to do that? What I, it wasn't them? like they wanted me, but I think that most successful people love to spread the love, love to help the underdog. I wasn't a threat to them. I was a 24-year-old nobody from, no, from Granada Hills. Like there was, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't threatening to them. And, and that, by the way, is a real advantage that a lot of you have as young people, you're not a threat, you know what I mean? So it would be one thing if me as a successful dentist called another successful dentist and say, hey, can I come in and watch you work so I can steal all of your best things? Like they're gonna say, no, right. but you're a 24 year old newbie, you have nothing, you know? And so most successful people, if they have the time and the heart will say, yeah, Come in. And I went to five offices. I spent a week in each one and I just took copious notes, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I tried to implement all the good stuff in my practice. And that's what I did. So there's an interesting study that was done pertaining to successful people. And regardless if they were uh, from the slums or they graduated from Oxford, there was one commonality amongst all these successful people. It's one word. The word's grit. Grit, yeah, yeah, right. They would not give up, and the word "no" meant on, game on, keep right. on going, right? You have grit. I have more grit than <laughs> twenty people. That's true. You have grit. I just won't quit. I mean, to and I've told this to my kids from the time they were born. Failure is not an option. I refuse to fail. You only fail when you give up. 
So if I try something and it doesn't work out, I don't call it failure. I call it practice. And I'll do it again and again and again and again and again until I get the results I want. And you only fail when you give up. But can you have or can you get grit? Or is that something you're born with? Ah, I feel like I was born with it. And sometimes that's a hard thing to try and instill in young people so that they can be successful. You know, it's like you can lead the horse to water. How do you make them thirsty, right? Yeah, well, it's how do you make them drink, right? Well, how do you make them thirsty so they want to drink? So then as you talk to people that come to leap, if they don't feel like they have grit, how do you inspire that grit out of them? Number one thing, what? Confidence. Confidence. Confidence is currency. And I think the thing that we do better than any program in the world is teach young people to have confidence. We all have a gift. You know, not everybody was born a rooster. And, you know, we, but we all have something. And for some of the kids that come to leap, it's the first time in their life anybody's ever told them that they're any good at anything. But the thing that actually makes it work is that we surround them by other young people to support them. And some of the feedback that you gave me from Nikolai is now we've really bumped up the program so that after LEAP, we're having coaches meet with these students on a monthly basis and really work with them. But you know what? We need to get back to you because wait, wait, this wait, interview is so about I, you, I, not me. I have, I have Maya, who's my, my everything, my partner. She likes to call it. She's my chairwoman. Right. right. So I'm the show. She's the business. So every time I go through practice, my failure, she's there to help pick me up. But what happens when we're alone and by ourselves and we go through failure? When you were alone and you're a dad, you got three kids, you have to make sure you're always super dad. How do you pick yourself up through those failures? You said I, something at your birthday the other day. You never went to bed uh, uh, angry, upset, irritable or anything like that. You went to bed and you fell right to sleep and you woke up feeling energized. Right. But you went through failure. Practice. First of all, I think that one of the most toxic situations to put yourself in is to isolate yourself. When you have things, whatever it is in your life that you can't solve by yourself, Mm -hmm. you need to reach out. You need to talk to people because the thing that makes us desperate and the thing that makes us feel lost and, and, and hopeless is not having a plan, not having something to look forward to. If somebody comes up and says, look, you have cancer and you're going to die. But if you drink this, you're going to live. There's your plan. All of a sudden you're fine, right? But if somebody comes up and says, you have cancer and you're going to die. Sorry. Got it. How do you feel? So the plan is what allows you to feel like the you can get plan, out of that situation. Yeah. So, and if you can't intrinsically come up with that, that's where you need to reach out to friends and family or professionals. You, you know, you can, I mean, if you need to hire a life coach or whatever you need, you need to find okay. somebody or something that can help you through that because isolation doesn't work. One more thing for me. I'm being very selfish. Sorry, everyone. I'm using him as my coach. What do you do with all the haters? Because as you become more, more I love successful, that you're asking. I love that Ken is interviewing me. Here's the deal with haters. I don't care. 
I honest to gosh don't care. Esther Williams, who was one of the most famous film stars that MGM ever created, was a very good friend and a patient of mine her whole life, my whole life, mm -hmm. presented. But one thing that lived on that Esther taught me was Dr. Bill, when I have a problem, I look at that problem and I say, what part of this am I responsible for? And if there's something I'm responsible for, mm -hmm. I can do something. If it's something I have absolutely no responsibility in, sorry. And yeah, there's people that hate me. There's people that hate you. Yep, sorry. I just don't care. I really don't. Now, if you say, Bill, I hate you, then I care. Because we're friends. Because we're, we're friends and I love you and I respect yeah. you and you mean a lot to me. That matters. But if Joe Blow is writing nasty things on my Facebook page and Joe Blow doesn't even know me, Sorry, you know what? Joe Blow has other problems. You just turn it off then. You're I just, I literally, like I'm bulletproof to it. I really don't, I really don't care. I don't let it bother me because I just figure there's something else in that person's life. But how about the kids that are in school that are watching this? The ones that are in high school and college? Yeah. And they're in that close circle. How do they deal with that? Uh, the, the thing about today that's so much different from when you social and I grew media. up is social media. Because if we were on the playground and you said, Bill, I hate you, okay, that would hurt. But if you say it on all the social media so everybody in the high school hears it, that's horrible. And I mean, that's horrible. And I think that if you're a student and you're in an environment where you're getting that kind of, of treatment, schools today are so much more sensitive to that that they will stop it. Yeah, it and it's toxic. Need, it but, is a toxic But you need to speak up. You need to tell your parents. You need to tell your counselors. You need to stop it. And they will do. They will intervene. Yeah, and they'll do it. But I think a lot it, of kids won't do this. It's, so it's I'm Ken Rakowski. This is Meet the Mentor. I'm sitting here with uh, Dr. Bill Dorfman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm interviewing him, right? <laughs> well, here's the deal. I'm going to have Ken back again on this, and we're really going to only talk about Ken's career. But he runs an amazing, amazing organization called Metal. If you are a business person in this area, man or woman, and want to yep. get involved, we will publish it on We hang out on Saturdays and Sundays. We do a hike every single week. Uh, we do events during the week. We do incredible things around the planet. We do four trips a year to different parts of the world. But make sure you are a part of the LEAP program. The next big LEAP uh, week is? Will be July 21st to the 28th at UCLA. Students 15 to 25. Um, if you want to sign up now, you'll get the best price of the year, yeah. the earlier you do. And we can actually even give you a 10-month payment plan to help wow. break it up a little That's bit. Incredible. But um, it was phenomenal. Last year, we had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, Jonathan Bennett, uh, Devin Durrett, who's on uh, 13 Reasons Why, um, Ken Rakowski, and a lot of other amazing people. So we'll tune in next week for another live Meet the Mentor. With that, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.